We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter number 3 uh, again tonight, 1 Peter chapter number 3 as we go on in our series through the book of 1 Peter, Hope in a World of Hopelessness. First Peter chapter number three, and you find that if you if you're able to stand, if you'll stand with us for the reading of the Word of God, appreciate that. First Peter chapter number three, and we're going to focus on a couple of verses. Uh, we pretty much focused on the first four verses last Wednesday night. We're going to go on and and focus on verses five and six. Um, tonight, Lord willing, uh, but we're going to start verse number one, go ahead and read, we'll cr- recap just a little bit, freshen our minds. First Peter 3 verse 1, likewise you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating a, a, the hair and of wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, Whose daughters are ye? Uh, whose daughters ye are? As long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement, likewise ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Uh, last week, the title of the message was "Hope in Doing Things God's Way." Um. Tonight, the title of the message is Hope in Doing Things God's Way, Part 2. Didn't have a lot of time to think about a title. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father, we are thankful to be in this place and we're thankful for, the, for all that has been done thus far. And I appreciate an opportunity to sing with other believers about how good you are to us. And then the beautiful special we just heard, Truth in Song. It's Truth in Song. Boy, what a, what a powerful truth. All, all we need is, is you, your guidance, Lord, and just a willingness to do things your way. We're going to look at that a little bit more tonight, but we can't do it without your help. So we pray one final time for power, that unction, Lord, guidance, and all we say and do, and that you would arrest the attention of the listeners, Lord, that you would do a work that we can't. We trust you for these things and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please do be seated. <clears throat> if you'll find Titus chapter 2 and mark it in your Bible, we're going to go there. It'd be, it'd be very close to the end of the message. Titus chapter 2. Just mark that. And we'll go there here in just a little while. Of course, our theme, our theme for this year is Go Ye. Uh, see the need, reach the lost, and lead the way. And uh, that's what the mindset of our church should be. Somebody say amen. 
No, really, it should. Go ye. It's a command. It's given to every believer. We're supposed to go into the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. Go. See the need. Reach the lost and lead the way. That's what the mindset of Riverside Baptist Church needs to be. But the devil's going to fight it. We know that's true. In fact, he's going to do his best to plant in people's minds this. Stay ye. See your need. He's real good about wanting us to keep our eye on ourselves. See your need. Forget the lost. Find your way. No, that's the mindset of the devil, truly. He loves to get the focus on, on us. He loves for us to get the focus on us. But in God's plan, if we die to self and determine to be His servant... In whatever way he wants us to do that, he, God, has a way of making our lives work better. Oh, without a doubt. No, I wouldn't mind. I could say it a hundred times over and never doubt it for one second. He knows how to make our lives work better. We find hope in doing things God's way. We do. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's not. It's not. We don't need any self-help books. We don't need all this. We don't need that. We have God. And the devil's done his best to pull our attention away from God and put our attention on other things. But if we, all of us, all of us will do things God's way, I'm telling you, there's great hope in that. Because God, there is a God in heaven, and he does still work miracles in people's lives. This message that I'm going to bring tonight, I'm going to put a little disclaimer on here because I just feel like I need to. The message we're going to bring tonight for a lot of people is going to seem out of date. Seem way out of date. Don't seem way old fashioned, archaic, obsolete, antiquated. And truly, I have to say that looking at things in a modern, practical way, they are. They are. The things that I'm going to talk about, they are. They are those things. But that's only because the things we find here in the scripture are very rarely being practiced anymore. It's some of that stuff that people say, oh, well, you don't have to do, oh, well, we can't, oh, God doesn't expect, all these things. But I've said it a hundred times, or many more than that, this book's timeless. And, and God's way is always the best way. We can definitely depend upon that. Um, back during a time when these things were practiced that we're going to talk about, I can safely say that divorce rates were in the single digit. A single digit percentage instead of where they are right now. And uh, teen suicides were very, very rare back during those times. And teen pregnancies were probably uh, 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 several thousands percentage points below what they are today. And abortion was just a back alley crime. And, and everyday violence was much more controllable than it is now. When these things were practiced. Now I think I can very safely say that. And there's really no reason to flip through pages and pages of statistics to prove those things. Because back when the Bible was viewed as God's instruction for the home and God's instruction for life. There was not near the national shame we now have. I'm talking about the shame like, you know, same-sex marriages, runaway kids, sexual disease, rape, incest, murder. Boy, the list could just go on, couldn't it? 
No, no, no. We didn't face near those types of things. Well, those things have already been always been around, preacher. I don't doubt that. They were around in Bible times. I understand that. But they weren't as widespread as they are today when people really believed the Bible was the Word of God. And they opened it up in their homes on a regular basis. And they practiced what was written on the pages of this book. I guarantee you, things were not near as bad as they are in our uh, nation today. You know, what we preach and teach from the Bible around here, being Bible believers, what we preach and teach from the Bible sounds very radical to a lot of people. But it cannot be denied that the United States of America is radically engaged in sin. I mean, we're steeped in sin today. Um, And because of that, I believe we need a radical revival of people believing God and believing His Word and believing it enough that they would once again practice biblical applications to marriages and to homes. This this book practiced in homes will change lives completely. Will change futures completely. This book. And I believe we need a revival of that across our land, for sure. Let's do a little bit of review. We looked at verses 1 through 4 last week, and we could go back even to chapter number 2 and verse number 9. We know that Peter was challenging the believers to be a light, to be a gospel witness uh, to this dark, uh, sinful world. And one powerful way that he was teaching by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that we are to be witnesses in this world is by submission. We are to be in submission. And our submission ultimately is to God. We submit to God and we do things God's way. I mean, we decide God is right. We're not right. We need to do things His way. So we submit to Him in doing His way. And when we submit, when we submit, now get this, I'm not changing gears. When we submit to men, it is as unto the Lord for God's sake. No, no, that's why we do that. He says we are to submit to these different, to these different people because, because we are doing that as unto the Lord. Remember, I mean, we looked at uh, submitting to our role as a stranger and a pilgrim in this world that we're walking through. We don't really belong here. It shouldn't make us feel too weird when we don't fit in certain places anymore and we don't do things that others do and we don't listen to conversations and we don't talk the way they talk and we don't wear the things that they wear. Somebody say amen here. I'm telling you, we don't, we don't fit in anymore. We're pilgrims. We're just passing through. We're strangers in this land, and we're supposed to submit to that. Come on. A lot of people don't go on in their Christianity because they simply will not submit to the fact that they've been saved by the grace of God, that they have the Holy Ghost of God living in them, that they are supposed to submit to God and do what God would have them to do. And so because of that, they don't get the victory that they really could have or should have, and they don't have the joy that they really could have or should have because of their uh, because of their unwillingness just to admit that I am a I am a I am now I'm a sinner saved by grace I am now a child of the king I should no more live like the rest of the world I should live the way that God wants me to live I'm telling you a lot of people are disappointed in their quote unquote Christianity simply because they will not submit to the fact that we really don't even belong here anymore we're just passing through in this land 
But we're all supposed, he talked about submitting to civil authority and we're supposed to do that. You know, a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't have all these, we wouldn't have all these videos of people talking about how bad the cops were if they would just listen to the police when they're given orders to do the things they're supposed to do. We are to submit to civil authority. I'm not going to go a long time on that. We're to be submitting to the authority on the job. I mean, I mean, if we have a boss, we're to submit to the boss. We should be the very best employee that they have. I mean, we have a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. It really gripes me that somebody would claim to be a Christian and then not give a full day's work for a full day's pay and they just make God look bad. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we're supposed to do that. And, and we're supposed to be submitting the way that Jesus submitted. He is our example. He is our example as well as our substitute. And he submitted, didn't he? Come on. I mean, he submitted even to the cross, never opened his mouth. I mean, he did exactly what his father wanted him to do. And that is the way that we are supposed to submit. See, we're no longer slaves to sin. And we're no longer slaves to the system of this world. We are, we are, we are to serve God by being a witness to those in this world for whom Jesus died. And a big part of that is that we are to live like a Christian. We're to live like a Christian. So, he said there in verse number one, likewise, ye wives, uh, ye wives, um, in the very same manner, in, in a little review here, we'll get to verse 5 here in a minute. In the very same manner, a wife, is to, uh, a wife that is saved is supposed to be a witness to her unsaved husband. A witness to her, a witness to her rebellious husband. A wife. No, that's what he's talking about. Okay, okay, then I need to back up just a hair, a hair more. He's talking to a crew that back in the time that there's a possibility that the wife got saved and the husband didn't. The wife got saved out of, out of Judaism. Now she's a Christian and the husband, he couldn't put up with that. No, no, no. The women were treated terribly back during that time. They had no rights. And so she got saved. And so he's going to be a rascal about all of that. And, and the Lord told Peter, he said, you need to write a letter and tell these people that the wife needs to be submissive in such a way that she shows Christianity to that husband in the way that she lives, the way that she operates, that he might see a difference in her. Yeah. No, no. He's supposed to be a witness by submission. Well, what does God expect? Well, that a wife would submit herself to her own husband. And as long as, listen to me, as long as she is not having to suffer any type of physical or mental abuse that would validate a separation from a person like that, she is to live in such a way that the uh, husband may be won to Christ by her godly behavior. According to the scriptures, uh, by a wife living a life of purity, by a wife living a life of reverence and demonstrating a quiet and meek spirit, she stands a very good chance of winning her husband to the Lord. It's right there. Oh, no, no. It's what it says right there. According to verses 1 through 4, the duty of a saved wife is very clear. Submission, respect, purity, uh, and inward beauty being more emphasized than an outward beauty. That's the way that God expects a godly wife to live. Then he goes on to give us example. Verse number five, it says, for after this manner in the old time, it's not changing the subject. He's still talking about these women. 
But after this manner in the old time, the holy, the, the, the holy women also, I'm going to start over. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now, we don't have time to turn back to the Old Testament tonight and do a detailed character study on these old-time holy women. However, with these verses in front of us, we, without a doubt, without a doubt, we can draw some clear conclusions. What, what uh, God expects us to learn out of this, what, what the, the Apostle Peter was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I mean, based just upon this passage of Scripture, we can be assured, we can rest assured that from them, from them, these, these women, from them, the, these, these holy old-time holy women, um, we would not be hearing stuff like, well, it talks about Sarah there, how she obeyed Abraham. We wouldn't be hearing stuff like, uh, hey, uh, have you checked out Sarah's hair? I mean, can you believe she did that? I mean, that's just a little bit out of the box, isn't it? I mean, I mean, she, I, I, it's, it's the latest craze. I know that, you know, different women are doing that, but it, it's pretty bizarre. I mean, I mean, famous people are cutting their hair like that, and they're dyeing their hair like that, and they're doing all that crazy stuff. And, and, but, you know, I mean, it, I can't believe that Sarah did it. I know, she is so cool. Man alive, she is. Boy, I tell you what, I think that I'll just follow in that example. No, I don't believe we'd be hearing stuff like that. Or we, think, we can think about uh, Jochebed. Hey, have you seen Jochebed's new dress? Kind of shocking to me. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure that neckline could be any lower than it is. And the hemline, well, let's just say that she better be very careful when she sits down. But, you know, wow, how sexy can you get? No, I said we wouldn't hear them saying stuff like that. That wouldn't, be the, that wouldn't be what's coming out of their mouths about that. Okay, we'll just go on then. Yeah, yeah. Have you taken note of Ruth? You know, Ruth, have you seen her? Man, walking through town, rings on every finger. And how many necklaces does she have to wear at one time? And plus five or six piercings in every ear and that ankle, ankle bracelet. Wow, man, I'm telling you, boy, she has dressed herself up, hasn't she? I don't believe you would have heard that coming from those old-time holy women. Nope. Or something like this. Oh, yeah, and their attitude. Boy, they've got that attitude, don't they? I mean, man, out there doing their own thing, doing their own thing, pursuing their own goals, out there equal with their husband, you know, putting him in his place every once in a while. Yeah, out there just... Equal with him, you know, in every way. Real career women, man, I'm telling you, trendsetters, boy. I'm looking up to these women. Nope, don't think you would have heard them old-time holy women saying that about them girls. Don't think it would have been like that whatsoever. Nope, nope. In fact, based on this passage of Scripture, really in having... Having observed in my almost 36 years of being saved, having observed some lives of some old-time holy women, I believe they may have been saying stuff like this. 
you know, boy, Sarah's been through an awful lot. And Abraham, boy, he hasn't always made the best choices, has he? Kind of been off the wall on some things and always done things the right way. And even though they've had some disagreements and all, she still shows him respect. And Sarah, she's a pretty opinionated woman. Yeah, I've been around her some. Oh, yeah, she's a pretty opinionated woman. That's, that's for sure. But, and strong-willed also in some things that she does. But the fine analysis, you know, of Sarah, the way I view her, as, you know, is this. She obeys her husband. She respects him. Follows his leadership. Does what she's supposed to do. And, and Jochebed, wow, boy, she's anything but a trendsetter. You noticed? I mean, well, really, it's kind of hard to notice because Jochebed, she dresses pretty plainly. Oh, you know, not sloppy and, you know, I mean, not in a gunny sack or anything, but just very nice. I mean, not, not trying to draw attention to herself. She, she dresses nice, looks nice, but, you know, I mean, it's, you know, she has on some jewelry, and, 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 but, it, but it's tasteful. I mean, really not noticed that much. I mean, I mean... I don't understand about Jochebed. What is it about Jochebed that, 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 that she can be so plain like that and at the same time be so beautiful? No, I think that's the kind of things they would have been saying about these women. Or, or Ruth. Boy, Ruth. Ruth the Moabitess, man. <laughs> Has she ever had a hard life? Has she ever had a hard time? And just terrible. I mean, can you imagine being a young widow and then moving to some strange land with Naomi and then getting here and having to work as hard as she gets out and works in the fields and does all those things? Can you? I don't know. She's just had it tough, hasn't she? Been hard. Well, yeah, but then she got out there and she met Boaz. And man, I don't know if you've been watching that, but I mean, that's been a that's been some kind of a beautiful, romantic uh, 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 love story. Just amazing how God has worked in her life. I mean, Ruth, she's so meek, and she's not pushy. She's not aggressive, and, and, and she's so modest. I mean, how in the world did she ever get a man like Boaz? You know, must have been God that made that happen. Must have been God that worked that out. No, this is what you would have seen. A meek and quiet spirit. Submission to their own husbands. Modest, godly, outward appearance. I told you in my disclaimer it was old-fashioned. But it's not outdated. It's not outdated. God still expects us to be different from this world. And there is hope in doing things God's way. These old-time godly women, they didn't, they didn't go into changing their trends in, in the way they dressed back in their country. No, 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 no. 
They weren't trendsetters. Their mindset was, I want to please God in everything I do. And, and, and you put an old time, you, you put old time holy women in our society today, and I, I, don't, I don't believe you'd see them wearing clothes that draw attention to themselves through immodesty or gaudiness. Because they care more about showing their faith. It's good preaching if I am doing it. I know it's not something that's heard much anymore, but I'm telling you, it's needed in our society today. It's right. And I do believe that some old-time holy women need to adopt some modern-day daughters. Last part of verse number 6. Whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. So think with me about this. Come on, stay with me just a few more minutes. This is going to be, this is going to be so short you won't even believe it. You already don't believe it, do you? Yeah. I want you to think with me for a minute. You've been as women pretty hard. Well, think for me. Just, just think with me just a minute, okay? I'll, I'll shift gears just a little bit. Think with me just a minute. Would you say that we need some... Would you say that we need some old-time holy men of God? What do you mean, preacher? Well, would you say, do we need some 21st century Abrahams who will look for a city whose foundations and builder and maker is God? I mean, men of faith. Men with their eyes set upon the Lord, doing exactly what God would have them to do. You say we need men like that? Uh, do, 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 we need some, do we need some Moses who would choose to suffer afflictions with the people of God and, and esteem the reproaches of Christ better and greater um, uh, uh, than the treasures of Egypt? I'd say we, we need men like that. Do we need some modern-day Joshuas who will say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Do we need some Elijahs who will say, how long halt ye between two opinions? If God be God, serve Him. And if Baal be God, serve Him. Oh yeah, we need some. No, 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 we need men like that. I was talking to a preacher at the preacher's meeting just yesterday, and we were talking about how people don't like black and white. People love to live in the gray area. No, it's where we are. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. It's where we are. People don't like black and white. 
People don't like absolutes. They don't like absolutes. Okay, let me give you one small example. How many people do you know that absolutely stop at a stop sign when the intersection's clear anyway? Some of you are under conviction, bad right now, aren't you? Bad, bad, bad. No, we don't believe in absolutes anymore. But this book's still full of absolutes. What God says he means. And he does believe that, he does, he does expect that we would be doers of the word and not hearers only. He expects that. And we need some men like that. That are going to do right no matter what. They're going to stand for God no matter what. Come on, do we need some Daniels who will not defile themselves with a portion of the king's meat? Let me just go ahead and answer that. Yes. Yes, we need some young men that are just going to decide, I don't care what everybody else does. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. I am going to stand for God. That's pretty good for old folks too. We need that. We need that. But we also need some daughters of old-time holy women. We need that. Turn over to Titus. Titus chapter 2. Titus 2. And look at verse number 3. We're moving right along here. Titus chapter 2 verse 3. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. We need some wives who will submit themselves to to God's order of things. We need that. That they'll be keepers of the home, that they'll obedient, be obedient to their own husbands, listen to me, and that they'll teach their daughters to do the same. We need some godly women who will consistently adorn, uh, adorn themselves in godly apparel and not fall for every unholy and ridiculous fashion that comes along and who will teach their daughters to do the same. Yep. We need it. We do. We need some women with a meek and quiet spirit, someone that even with many gifts and talents and wisdom, but who will manifest meekness and not arrogance. And who will teach their daughters to do the same. It's much needed in our society today. We live in a society. We live in a nation. Where a big part of the households are run by the wife. And God never, ever meant for it to be that way. Never meant for it to be that way. Well, preacher, you are old-fashioned. I am. I am. I really am. Well, you know, times have changed, preacher. I know. 
I know, 63 years old now. I've seen a lot of changes. I've seen a lot. Sure have. Boy, it's changed a lot just in the past five years, hasn't it? A lot. Yeah, I know. No, no. Times have changed. But God hadn't changed. And His Word hasn't changed. And I don't care how many updated versions of the Bible they may come out with. They can change it all they want to, but forever, O Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven. And they may change it to suit themselves, but they're not changing what God had to say. God's still the same. Here's the problem. Fear. Fear's the problem. Fear. No, no, look up here. Fear. Well, if I don't do that and I don't do that, how how am I going to fit in? Uh, Do we go back to the strangers and pilgrim thing? Where it's not that we're supposed to fit in? Fear. Well, I don't see how that ever worked in today's time. Fear. Distrust. Oh, truly. We're fearful if we do things God's way that it's not going to work out the way that it should. We're fearful if we do God's things that, man, people are just going to think I'm some kind of weirdo. Fear. But you know what I see and have seen and what's been proven by those who are willing to do things God's way? It still works. It still works. Well, I guess you're one of those preachers just think that a woman's supposed to be under. You haven't been around long enough because I don't think that for a second. Do you know Miss Pam? I don't think that for a second. God doesn't expect that. God doesn't expect that. Not at all. Not even. And if that's all you're getting out of this, you're not listening to God well. That's not what He expects. But He did put a distinction between the sexes. If you're born a man, you're a man. If you're born a woman, you're a woman. He has roles for that. He does. God does. He has roles for that. He has roles. So we do our best to submit to Him and follow the roles that He has for us. That doesn't mean a woman has to be tied up in her kitchen all the day long. It doesn't mean that she is supposed to just be a whipped down pup and do every little thing that her husband demands of her. That's, 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 that's far away from what God meant. Far away from it. Truly, if things are operated the way that God intended for them to be operated, the woman's lifted up. Their husband takes care of her, watches over her, protects her, meets her needs, there for her, leads her in the way that she should go. Come on. There's power in submission, ladies. 
We don't even have time to get into all that. There's power in it. Sure there is. There's power in being the spiritual leader that you're supposed to be, sir. Just decide you're going to do it. And that doesn't mean that you're going to have to jump up on a stool and thump your chest and tell your wife that you're the leader. If you have to do that, you're not the leader. But boy, when the biblical roles are met, it sure does make for a good, happy home. Absolutely. And we need some old-time godly women teaching their daughters the old-time godly way, no matter what everybody else is doing. They're still hoping doing things God's way. And we don't have to be afraid of it. Look at the last part of, uh, back in our text, look at the last part of verse number 6. We're going to all stop right here. Whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. You don't have to be afraid to do as well. You don't have to be afraid. Not at all. What am I supposed to do? Do what God says. But you know, don't be afraid to do it. Trust God. Follow the example of our Lord in submission. And train your daughters up in the ways of godly womanhood. Teach them that they don't have to be like this world. Teach them that God has a better plan than that. Absolutely so. There's so much hope in doing things God's way. I'm telling you, there, there's, 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 about, there's, about, there's about a half a dozen, probably more times as I type this up, putting this, there's about a half a dozen or more times that I just wanted to throw a fit for a while. I said, put a, throw a fit in there for a while about the way things are in this world. God wouldn't allow all that. He just wanted me to tell you what he said. And I'm telling you, if we take heed to what he said, and we'll follow his way. There's great hope in doing what God wants us to do. We just have to trust him. Don't be afraid to trust him. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your guidance by your word and by your spirit. Lord, I don't know how you may have spoken to hearts or even if you, you did tonight. My prayer now as we open up the altars that folks would just respond in the way that you'd have them to do so. However you might have spoken to them. And whatever you might have spoken to them about. Lord, they'd just be submissive, ready and willing, just to give in and do things your way. We'll never go wrong doing things your way. Whatever you want to do tonight, we pray that your will would be done around these altars. And we thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. We ask it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.